only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, a talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley Instagram, Total Tutor, and Pinterest, and all those places. And I'm so excited to welcome the program. Big fan of hers in the days of Taxi, but she has done so much, and also on The Celebrity Apprentice. New York Times bestselling author, celebrity Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou, thanks for calling, and how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm so good. So nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. And my husband, Michael Brown, is also here with us because uh, we wrote this book together, and we we're so excited to share the information with people. Hey, hello. Uh, oh, hey, how are you doing, too? Fantastic to have you on the show, and what, and, and what a story, Michael. Uh, I mean, uh, when you and Mary Lou finally decided to write this and put this down on paper and say, we're going to tell our story, was it hard for you, Michael, to say that we're going to do this, especially what you had to go through? Well, you know, it was um, it was quite a ride writing all that, and I felt like I had to go uh, be pretty honest and uh, get pretty deep in there to kind of root out the causes of my cancer and, and expose it to the world. But I thought the only way to do this was to do it as honestly as possible. So I was glad to put it out there. In case people don't know, what happened was Michael and I knew each other in college. He was my roommate's boyfriend. I didn't dare twinkle in his direction, but I always had a strong feeling about him. And years later, we ran into each other in a courthouse in New Orleans when I was going to get married to my first husband. And then years later, we didn't see each other again for many, many years after that meeting in a courthouse. We got together in 2003, and uh, I was divorced from my second husband by that time. We got together in 2003. Within a week, we were saying, I love you. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And uh, two months into our relationship, he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And then shortly thereafter, lung cancer. So he was battling two cancers. And um, I've been in the health field for a long time, writing books and stuff about it. And so I said, let's go to my doctor's. And um, at first we went to a, a, a typical AMA doctor who was a, a cancer surgeon. He wanted to take out Michael's bladder, his prostate, make a neobladder from his intestines. Oh. He looked at us and said, uh, oh, and don't worry if you two want to have sex. We're going to run a small hose up his penis, and you just have to pump it up six times. And we said, well, can we have the seven-pump model? Because we're a sexy couple. And, uh, and I said, what about nutrition and health? And he said, oh, go have all the steak and highballs you want. So we knew that that's what he was recommending, plus chemo and radiation. And Michael said to me in the parking lot, he said, I'm not losing my organs that way. And I said, okay, let's find a different way with my doctors now. So the book is really about the journey that he took going through detox, immunotherapy, all the different oh, wow. things he did, put his cancer in remission, both cancers in remission for 12 and a half years now. That's, Michael, see, that's a tremendous story. And were you nervous going the other route? Mary Lou is really knowledgeable in alternative medicine, understanding things and specifically researching these things. When she's, when you guys decided as a couple, I'm going to go a different route. I'm sure there are a lot of naysayers around there telling you, Michael, don't, don't do this. Do what, what the doctor says, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the things we try to talk about in the book is how is how that um how the the circle of people that try and encourage you with best intentions to um you know, to listen to the doctors and just do what they say and and um you know, but again, my you know, the the option of going down the the conventional route and having that radical surgery and losing those organs at, at age 50 it just didn't seem like I was going to give myself much time afterwards. I just didn't see any any upside at all to doing that. So, yeah, it was scary, but uh, the alternative of going and having that surgery was actually much scarier. Mary Lou, how confident were you through research and stuff that this was going to work out, that he would be in remission and that all this would happen and that it would be best for his life, 
for life. It was life. Well, you know, Neil, I, I, yeah. I'd been doing this for a, a very long time. I, my parents died very young. My father died of a heart attack at 52. My mother died of arthritis at 58. And so after she died, I became this real student of health. So I had worked with people before, and I'd seen major changes from all kinds of detox and, and food and everything else. And so what happened was I felt really confident because I could see judging from the results right away. Plus, I'm, I'm not the doctor. I'm just the doctor concierge. So I knew the people that I was connecting Michael with. They were so incredible, and they were so... Um, so confident about what they were doing for him, and the changes in his body became almost, you know, overnight. I mean, just he—he he literally put his cancer in remission, both cancers, within six months, and wow. it has been that way for—it's been like that for twelve and a half years now. The human body wants to heal, you know, and if you do yes. right by it, if you learn to love the food that loves you, if you keep it well hydrated, well exercised, if you, if you get rid of the bad stuff, because he went through major, major detox, getting rid of the bad stuff and putting only the good stuff in makes a huge difference. So it's so, so yeah. interesting, Plus Michael, and I think that now, yeah. Michael, you would recommend this for a lot of people to look at alternative, not just all, to, to, to look at all your options when you're diagnosed with cancer, right, or different things to look at. Oh, absolutely. Specifically, That's- yeah. I think, Mary Lou, you know, we're trying to push the idea this is really complementary medicine in the sense that what you're really trying to do is strengthen your body, strengthen your immune system so that if you need to take these uh, conventional therapies, whatever they might be, surgery, radiation, chemo, if those are really needed, then at least your body is in a better position to withstand that and, and to respond to the treatments and to and to allow you to survive the treatments because it tends to be that um, in cancer treatment, uh, the cancer is getting treated, not the, not the patient, not the body. Yeah. And we want to look at a more holistic approach to, you know, have the body, save the body so there's something left <laughs> when the cancer has gone so it's worth going, you know, living on. Right. And there's so many, wonder- you know, it's a tsunami of health now. When, when I started this all in the 70s, you couldn't find people who were simpatico to this. And now, you know, even in 2003, it was, a, it was a little more difficult. But now in 2016, there are so many wonderful integrative medicine doctors out there. And Great. the doctors that I t- took Michael to were AMA trained, but they did look at the body, you know, as a whole rather than just focusing on one part. And I'm sure, Mary Lou, you mentioned that in your book, that, that you and your Michael, Michael in your book, to say those things so that people can look at the alternatives. I mean, I believe a lot of times that that's great that these doctors are learning this, that there are alternatives to just uh, the the set treatment for sure, Mary Lou. Best place we can find information on you, follow you, Mary Lou, and purchase the book and learn more about you. Where can we go? Well, you can go to MaryLou.com, but you could, I mean, Amazon, you know, Barnes & Noble, all the bookstores, all the local bookstores, the smaller ones. We've been doing so many wonderful book signings all over the country. And, um, you know, uh, the book is called Changing Normal, How I Helped My Husband Beat Cancer. And also go to PCRM.org. You can get a list of doctors, maybe someone near your town if you're listening to this, somebody who, who... believes in, in the complementary medicines and, you know, I, I hate to call them alternative because it's not either or, it's just something that works together. I, I think that they need to complement each other, Mary Lou, and that's your mission and that's sure. why you wrote the book because uh, you want right, to tell absolutely. people there's another option, but complement it, look at all the options and go for it. So best of luck, Mary Lou and Michael, I'm so happy for you that you're a remission and that you are c- continue to live a healthy life. So good luck to both of you. Well, thanks Thank so you much. so much. Take care, guys. All right, see you later. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Twitter, Neil at Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Twitter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, and also on Periscope at Total Twitter. And I'm so excited to welcome the program from Food Networks, Star, Chef Duff, Goldman, Extreme Cake Master, Chef Duff, how are you, man? I'm really good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, uh, Chef Duff. You have two uh, amazing shows to promote. You must be absolutely swamped right now, but so happy of where your career has gone, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm not complaining, man. It's it's amazing. You know, it's it's. I tell you, like you know, like something like Food Network is such a gift to somebody like me because, um, you know, as a chef, you know, you get to share, you know, whatever it is that you make with, you know, the people in your restaurant, the people that come to your bakery, you know, you. 20 people at a time, 30 people, maybe 100 people a night. 
I get to go on Food Network and I get to share with millions and millions of people. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing, you know. <laughs> you really never is. thought that, right? You never thought that when you started baking and, and and cooking, right? You never thought you'd go to this level, did you? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, no, nobody really does. You know, it's uh, you know, you start cooking because you love cooking. You know, and uh, it, it's like you know, cooking's like a tough uh, industry to to you know, to be in for a while because uh, you really have to love it because it's, it's a tough job. You know, you're on your feet a lot. You know, you're working when everybody else is partying. And, and uh, you know, so sometimes, you know, it, it can get crazy. So if you absolutely love it, you know, and you stick with it, you know, you start you start going far. But, you know, I mean, nobody ever thinks of this. You know, it was, it was very serendipitous, you know. But it's awesome. <laughs> well, two shows to talk about. First of all, um Let's go to the Spring Baking Championships, which is on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then we can talk about the next Cake Masters. It's going to be on tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. But let's go into the show Spring Baking Championships. Tell us about that. Okay, so Spring Baking Championships is great. So it took 10 of the base pastry chefs in the country, and um, we just throw crazy stuff at them. Like uh, this Sunday coming up, Everybody gets a basket full of vegetables, and they have to bake something delicious with that. And, you know, it kind of throws these guys for a loop because, you know, people are, you know, used to working with fruit, used to working with chocolate, you know, and then you throw, like, summer squash and zucchini at them, and they're like, oh, man, what are we going to make? So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a really cool show because we're really testing the knowledge and the skill and the technique that these pastry chefs have and what they come up with every week. You know, and it, it, it's just incredible because even though it's a competition show, like everybody's learning something, and I'm definitely learning stuff. You know, even as a judge on the show, I, I know what everybody's doing, but watching all these chefs, watching what they do, you know, I'm picking up tips left and right, and so I think it's really great for the viewer because the viewers watching the stuff, they're really learning how to bake while being entertained because these guys are, you know, competing for you know, for fifty thousand dollars. It's it's just it's amazing. Do you like the theme part of it? Because then the viewers get to try things that they're doing. As you talk about, this is such a learning tool. Do you like the fact of a theme so that now people are saying, okay, it's spring, we've dealt with the winter, we've dealt with the cold, we deal with the cold back and forth. We don't even know what kind of weather we're having right now, Chef Duff. This kind of gets them in that spring mood, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, the spring, you know, when you talk about cooking and seasonality, you know, you're looking at, you know, okay, what's growing at that time of the year? And, you know, spring, there's, always, there's lots of different produce. Uh, there's lots of different flavors. And there's, it's also, like you said, it's it's a little warmer. It's not as cold as a winter. And so you want things that are a little bit lighter. You know, like in, in winter, you know, you want the pumpkin pie. You want pecan pie. You know, you want sort of like heavier things. You're also in the wintertime, you're having cinnamon a lot. You're having nutmeg, cloves, you know, a lot of things that you're going to taste around the holidays. And in spring, it's like, okay, I kind of don't want to taste any pumpkin for a while. You know, I kind of, I don't want to taste any cinnamon for a while. I want to taste something else, you know. And, uh, and so it's like using all these new flavors that are just coming out of the ground. And it's, you know, it's amazing because like, you know, I've been doing this for a while. And every spring, I'm sort of like excited again for berries. I'm excited again for, you know, the, the produce of spring, for, for rhubarb, you know, for, for all these new things that are coming out of the ground. It's just like, oh, I haven't had this in months. I forgot how much I like blueberries. You know, it, it's a, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's like, I, I don't know. Spring is, is, uh, is a really exciting time for, for any chef, any baker. And, uh, you know, so for a show like this, to kind of capture all those flavors and put them on TV, I think it gets everybody else really excited. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's time to <laughs> eat this stuff. Yay. Yeah. You know, winter's over. <laughs> That's what makes the, the, the station so great and your shows so great is because they want to emulate it and say, I'm going to try this. We know how Pinterest does it and recipes are everywhere. To see it hands-on is such a, such a great experience. And, look, you talked about uh, the episode on May 1st, but also May 8th, moms love chocolate. you got to talk about Mother's Day and that process and how, how bringing, building up to that, right, with that episode, correct? Yeah, yeah, and I think um, this Mother's Day episode, uh, I'm pretty sure my mom comes on the episode and helps us judge. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! So yeah. that that's so. Did she help you in the process of your dream of 
baking and cooking? Did she was she one? Oh of man, yeah. My mom's an incredible chef. Like she's she's amazing. I mean, she's just amazing in the kitchen. And uh, um, you know, I think that one of the reasons why I'm sort of like drawn to food was because you know when I was a little kid, you know, you you eat the food that you have in your house. And then, you know, you get a little bit older, then you start having, like, sleepovers and going to a friend's house. And I remember when I was a little kid and going over to, like, my friend's houses and eating, I was just like, wow, I can't believe you guys eat this stuff. Like, this is, it was like, uh, you know, I was, like, already kind of a snob because <laughs> just my mom was just such a good cook. And, you know, yeah. other people's parents just weren't, weren't that good. And so I was just like, oh, man, like, Wow, did you just put that in the microwave? Okay, I guess that's how you eat, you know. <laughs> so, so people definitely have to go to foodnetwork.com slash baking championships to check out all the different things that are happening with the spring baking championship. But then tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we get we continue take masters. Oh, oh, 8 p.m. Eastern? I'm sorry, oh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the uh, take masters, tell me about that. So Cake Masters is uh, so a lot like my show Ace of Cakes, where it's following me and my staff in my bakery making these, like, really big, ridiculous cakes. Uh, but Cake Masters takes place in Los Angeles, where I have a new bakery. And it's wild. I mean, the cakes that we're making out here are just crazy. Like, we, we have a cake on tonight that is um, a nine-foot-long model of Hollywood, and it's it's just it's crazy. We actually brought in a special effects guy who built oh, wow. miniatures for like movies and stuff, and he built us a highway that like fit into this cake that we made. It was insane, insane. It's also really cool because I put my whole staff on one of those like those like open top tour buses, right? And like made them go on a tour of Hollywood because. You know, this is our new bakery, and we're trying to, like, you know, we're figuring out our new town. And then somebody asked us to make a cake of Hollywood. And I was like, you know, I don't really know Hollywood that well. I mean, our bakery's in West Hollywood. And so we got on the tour bus, and we're, like, we are riding all through through Hollywood. You can see all the sights and everything. And then, you know, we're, like, talking to all the people on the street. Like, you know, it's it's really funny. It's, it's really it's, it's really kind of, like, it's goofy. But then, you know, we go back to the bakery, and we make this cake, and it's it's insane. It was for a billion dollar fundraiser yeah oh my god crazy wow <laughs> yeah. all right so again check out tonight 8 p.m eastern we're going to talk about cake masters then this sunday 9 p.m eastern spring baking championship chefed up where's the best place we can find information on you learn more about you where can we go uh you go to charmcitycakes.com you can go duff underscore goldman on twitter and instagram Awesome, man. Uh, I can't wait to tune in. My wife is just a huge fan of yours, and I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, best of luck in all your ventures, and thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, take your stuff, Jeff. See ya. Okay. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back. And hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor, and all those places, other social media sites you can find at my website. I'm so excited to welcome you to the program. Three-time Grammy and Emmy nominee, comedian Margaret Show. Margaret, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Three-time Grammy and Emmy nominee, comedian Margaret Show. Margaret, one thing I didn't know about you is the success of your music. We all know of you as an actor. And, and, and a comedian, but I didn't know about that. So that's must be such a rewarding thing that now your music is getting such uh, acclaim as well. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's always weird when somebody that's known for something else does, like, music. So I'm trying to figure out, am I like a Bacon Brothers? Or, like, am I like an Eddie Murphy? Like, is it like a, where does it fit in the um, celeb music Scale. Maybe it's the John C. Riley. Maybe it's uh, Tim Robbins. They, they all, every, all them, they, they all do some sort of like other, um, like band stuff. So I think it fits along that line. Maybe Bacon Brothers. Exactly. And when you first did this and you started recording albums and stuff, did you think that it was going to have the success? Like, especially show dependent and all this stuff. Did you think that when you were doing it or were you saying, Hey, this is something else to add to my comedy routine and, and, and well, it was, love of music. Yeah. yeah. 
I just love music, and I, I would make music uh, whether or not anybody heard it. You know, it's something that I just do. Um, it's part of my life. Um, all the people that I know, my friends, um, we're all artists of some kind. And so there's, there's always music around being made, being played, being written. Um, it's just a constant in my life. It, it definitely is, and when I think about it, Margaret, looking at, you know, checking out the different songs and stuff, it goes back to who you are as a person, as a comedian, as, as, as a celebrity. You're, you're going to speak out about certain issues, and you're going to utilize it in your music, and you're going to in comedy, and also when you're on a platform like an interview. So that's what's mm-hmm. so interesting about your music in that way, that you're, you're being an activist in certain ways, you're being funny in certain ways, and you're, and you're showing your talent. So all of those areas in com- yeah. combined, I see, from your music. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting because it's just um, addressing different types of subjects, some things I do in my stand-up comedy, too. And sometimes I do some of these songs in my stand-up shows. So I haven't figured out exactly where, if I, if I would do, like, standalone music shows. That's um, something that could happen in the future. I've done them in the past. Um, but uh, I, I just feel like stand-up comedy is so much of what I do as um, an artist. It would be hard to separate the two. What do you think you're best known for? I, I just asking that question, and then we'll definitely get into talking about your latest, your, your project, American Myth. What do you think you're best known for? I mean, you're out there all the time, and we see you everywhere. You're, you're, you're doing voiceover to acting to comedy, you're just constantly going with different projects. What do you think you're best known for in the street? Depends on who the fan is, right? Of your of your certain genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do stand up comedy and that's how I define myself as an artist and an entertainer. That's really the basic um I think the the elemental being that I am is stand up. You know, like that's that's what I do, that's what I love, that's what I'll always do. And then everything else is kind of an offshoot of that, whether it's acting or music or activism or writing, it's all there. Constantly seems like you're busy for sure. Let's talk about, again, American Myth. Is it, are we expecting the same as show dependent or a little bit different type of themes and things in American Myth? Well, this is different. Um, show dependent actually had a, re- a real like sense of, um, comedy running through it. There were a lot of like comedy songs and funny songs. Um, I wanted to ch- change the genre of novelty music and make it really beautiful. So I used um, the talents of people like Fiona Apple and Andrew Bird and Ani DeFranco and Tegan and Sarah and amazing, amazing people who taught me a lot. And then American Myth is um, my collaboration with Gareth the Star where I composed most of the music. This is my first effort as a composer, which is different. And, um, so, you know, the songs have uh, um, more of a serious bent. There's, there's more of um, an expression of myself as a musical artist in this. So it's not exactly comedy, although some songs can be used in comedy shows. Well, Margaret, what you're doing is, again, the, 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 the things that make you passionate in the following songs. And there's, there's a little bit of comedy, but also really making people think. And we could, what would you say would be your favorite song on the album that we could talk about today on the show? What would you think of which song do you like? Well, I love, um, I love, I want to kill my rapist to me. That's a beautiful, the rendition on the album is different from the video. The rendition on the album includes, um, all of, uh, the strings, which which are very important, it's a very um, it's a very like beautifully constructed song, um, and it expresses something that I think a lot of people don't think to do. You know, um, it, it, it's really a, a rejection of sexual abuse and and um, this this acceptance of anger that a lot of survivors have around it. And so, to me, I think it's really an important song, and the, the version on the album really shows the completeness of it. I, I, I modeled it after um, like a Beatles song, you know, with all of the different elements, all of the okay. different um, instruments, and um, 
it, you know, to me has has a lot. It's just, but in production wise, it has a lot to it. Exactly, and, and it's a big theme going on, especially uh, the Academy Awards and different things like that. We're finally getting out there about sexual abuse in many different ways, many different ways. Yeah, and it's really the counter to um, if till it happens to you, you know, that uh, Lady Gaga song. Exactly. That's what I was completely thinking. Thank you for reminding me. I'm trying to always keep up with that pop culture, Margaret, and you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head right there for sure. <laughs> and, and then, but, again, every one of these topics go out there, and this is where people that are fans of yours to people that are going to love your talented music as well. As you said, you take specific favorite types of style of music into these songs, and that's, that's key, and I think that, you know, you were trying to mention all these different people, what you would consider yourself as a musician. By adding this activism portion to it, not just comedy, you're bringing out yeah. who you truly are and everything in your platform and what your purpose is as an oh, artist. Thank you, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So thank where's you. the best place, Margaret, <laughs> we can purchase the music, learn more about you, and, and all those different things? Where can we go? Um, well, I'm on uh, MargaretTo.com. Uh, you can get the album, and you don't. It's like pay whatever you want. I don't. I'm not doing this for money. It's all just you know for for uh, whatever anybody who wants to hear it can hear it. Fantastic! And the best places we can follow you and things like that, Margaret. I'm very active on Twitter. I'm really uh, probably um, that's the one I the one part of social media I spend the most time on. Um, so it's at Margaret Cho on Twitter and um, kind of a, a Facebook everywhere. Instagram, Margaret underscore Cho, but Twitter is my favorite. Uh, my favorite as well because, I mean, you just get you can just say what you want to say anytime you want and you can promote whatever you want. Some of the others, they just kind of filter it. Twitter's unfiltered and you can yeah. get going and, and you never know when you're going to tweet something, especially with all the things you're talking about. So thanks uh, again for calling Best of luck in all your ventures, and take care. Thank you. All right, see you later. All right, thanks a lot. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back. And Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley and Google+, and also on Periscope at Total Tutor. And I'm excited to welcome the program from WGN's America's Underground star, Aldous Hodge. Aldous, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. you got to be so excited about the success of the show and also the success of your careers and how it's taken off, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, I'm really grateful and surprised by the success of the show. I'm really happy about it. Um, and then as far as my career... I'm I'm definitely grateful. It's it's been a long haul, brother. Twenty six years in the game and um for as great as it is now, I do realize that these are, you know, necessary steps to the bigger picture. So I take it with a grain of salt because you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you're blowing up, you're doing that I'm like, No, 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 that's not the case. There's still a lot of work to be done and I still have to remain uh uh tempered and, and, and calm and grateful for what it is now because exactly this is a it's an exciting time but it's a very delicate time you know and I have to make sure to take care of it as best I can to get to the next level exactly because you saw where you were in your career throughout as a working actor working being on lots of major stuff and then now everything's taking off and all these different projects and you remember where you came from and since you're 26 years in acting and I think that's that's so important because you always have to continue to progress and improve as an actor, but also remember where you came from. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. You know, um, I, I suppose it's a sense of saying don't believe the hype, uh, but at the same time, it's to say that, but not to discourage the fact that this is a, a wonderful time professionally. You know, a lot of people don't understand what I mean. They're like, oh, you're downplaying it. I'm like, no, I understand the reality of the, the scope. <laughs> I understand that this could all go away tomorrow. So right now I'm just fortunate and grateful uh, that the show is doing well because, you know, it could not have. You know, there could have been the adverse effect where it didn't do so well. I've been on series before that um, didn't make it. So 
it's we're very proud and happy, but still just just really thankful, man, because it's it's a stroke of luck that you get to be on a show that is so well received and so so supported by the fans, exactly. especially a show of this magnitude with the risky nature of the subject in this particular time frame in our generation. But that is very rare, you know, and it's very rare that we get to uh, traverse a completely new path. Um, this is the first series that's really there's been about this subject matter. It's the first time we've told the story of the Underground Railroad. And when I say that, you know, most people kind of get it confused. There have been many series, but there's never been an ongoing series. You know, we, we like I said, we just got a second season. So um, this is a really great and gracious time. And it's a time to really just kind of sit back, reflect on where we want to go and just how how grateful uh, we are for, for what we've become at this point. Exactly. And when I saw... Uh promoted this earlier in the year, I saw the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the previews and stuff. I said, I know this is going to be great because again, as a history buff myself, now you're right. Uh, finally a show that's going to talk about the underground railroad. It's going to finally explain what it is. People think of underground railroad as it was in a railroad, right? Or, you know, different things. Once they find out <laughs> how dangerous it was yeah, and how challenging like it was. And, like there's a yeah. case. Exactly. Yeah, um, what, 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 yeah, people, they, they, when they hear Underground Railroad, they think of one of two things, only Harriet Tubman, or they think of a, you know, a real actual live train. There is no train, people. To everybody out there, there is no train. Um, but, of course, yes, Harriet Tubman, she was an amazing pioneer, and we, we pay homage to, to her and her, her accomplishments. But what we do with this show is we kind of tell the story from the side of people, the unsung heroes that no one gave credit to, um, the other people involved. And some of these characters are based on real people, like William Still, that was a real character. He was really um, uh, he, he was really contributive to the, the Underground Railroad. But uh, some of these other characters, they are pieced together from real stories of other enslaved Americans who actually made this journey or who have have, you know, dealt with being enslaved their entire lives. Um, we're telling the story from the unsung hero's perspective. And we want to give the audience an honest, exactly. you know, kind of an honest idea of what this time frame was like because, you know, most people still don't know a thing about it. They don't even yeah. teach it in history books. They don't, they don't exactly. expound on it. And, uh, you know, it's like you have to search for it. You got to go to the Library of Congress to get some of these real stories. Why do I have to go so far? Why can't I just look it up on my my computer? Why you know? And, and even though it's there, you still have to search so hard to get access to some exactly. of these real stories. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping again history teachers see this after they hear the how well it's received that this will start being in classrooms and mm. people will start discussing this in high school and college classrooms and that the conversation will go all over the place because especially what we're seeing in our society today, how heated debates are in certain things, they, we need to remember what happened, what really happened, and it's the struggle. And your character, yeah. Noah, definitely goes through that struggle. Describe a little bit about your character. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely goes through that. Um, Noah is always known that he was supposed to be free. He's heard rumors of black people being free before, and he's wanted a little slice of that. So he's tried to run before. He's never made it successfully. And now at the Macon Plantation, he realizes that he has to recruit a team for their attributes. You know, somebody over here needs to read. Somebody over here needs to watch my back. Somebody over here needs to help me navigate the terrain and read the stars so that we can get to freedom. And they're doing so using this a uh, song based off faith. Um, this song, so it's the freedom song, but apparently, you know, it's like the first Morse code of their day. This song carries the weight of their plan to freedom. And in real life, that's what happened. People would sing songs and you and, and shroud it in code. So people would decrypt it and, and figure out how to escape the freedom. Um, but that's Noah. And, you know, he's just a little mastermind behind the scheme. And, uh, again, it, you know, it's 
it's one of the greatest adventures in American history that has never really been told. Um, yes. And this show sets the platform as an adventure first and a psychological thriller second. And they, I think that's really what drives the success with our audience because they didn't realize what they were in for. They didn't know, you know, when they strapped into this roller coaster, they thought it was like a little bunny slope kind of roller coaster. They didn't realize exactly. Uh, uh, doing backflips and going 190 miles an hour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. And you you think about uh, all these things, and that's just great again. At th- Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on WGN America, but I went and Google searched it, and I don't have WGN America on my cable network. You can watch all the other episodes online. Am I correct? So, Aldous, we can catch up and, yeah, you can and check watch us out the show. Online. Yeah. You can go to WGN's website, or you can go to uh, there's We're On Demand, or there's uh, there's uh, Hulu and Crackle. So, But, again, everyone needs to get WGN America because it's coming back from the days of <laughs> when you and I were watching WGN, when everyone had it on their cable company with the days of the Chicago Cubs and stuff. I'm sure you remember those days, right? Everyone had WGN yeah. and TBS. And it looks like WGN's really getting well, some awesome shows on the network now. Yeah. Well, what it is is WGN America. Well, I'll tell you, like, WGN has rebranded itself to WGN America. And a lot of people, there are a lot of people that actually have WGN America and don't realize it because they don't realize that it's complete. It's, you know, same channel, but it's just different concept. We We now do... Uh, or they now do original content. And then there are people that don't have it, but they, they can get it. They have access to it. Um, you know, we are accessible in so many ways because we realize not everybody has channel, but uh, it is completely different. You know, it's now a network with original content. We are in the game competing with, you know, the guys that you watch on a regular basis. Exactly. And uh, it's just a new new hub to come to for some good TV. So all we say is our doors are open, come on back. Exactly. Okay, best place to find information on you too, Aldous. Where can we go? Me? Um, Well, (laughs) I mean, you can, you can, look, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Twitter is at Aldous Hodge. Instagram is at Aldous underscore Hodge. Um, Other than that, uh, I'll be, you know, I'm around. Uh, Tab him, Google my name, and you'll find something on me. Um, you know, I, I I I try to engage as much as possible, and we even do like our live tweets with the show every Wednesday night during the, the live airings. So, you know, if you jump in the chat room uh, for the viewers who are watching, you might even get a little conversation going. You know, right. fantastic, man! I'm going to definitely get involved in that in the live tweeting, shoot, uh, tuning in, and thanks for calling, and best of luck on the show and all your ventures, man. Okay. Thank you, man, and thank you for continually supporting us, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Take care. I appreciate it, too. Take care, man. All right, see ya. Okay, bye-bye. Right, you're man. listening to the Total Celebrity Peace. Show. Take care, man. We'll be back. And just Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor. And I want to be excited about my celebrity guests on the line. Do I have David and James on the line? Yes, we are good here. Good morning. Good morning. All right, fantastic. So, um, yeah, good morning. I'm excited to welcome the program. David Kay and James Arnold Taylor stars of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, guys, thanks for calling, and uh, it's pretty exciting, David, to be part of this, especially with how popular the video game has been for so many years. It's been crazy. Yeah, over 14 years, uh, and, and it's finally coming to the big screen. Uh, I got a question for you. Did, have, did, you uh, did you know these characters before? Did you play the game at all? I have never I'm uh, played the game. Uh, I, I guess it's dating me in video games 10 years before I was huge <laughs> in them, but I never did, David, no. Well, here, this is the thing. Even if you haven't, uh, it is a fun ride, and uh, I guarantee you're going to want to reach for some kind of controller to try and play the movie. It's, it's, I mean, it looks, it's so beautiful looking. It's just it's amazing. Fantastic. And, James, I'm sure you're excited as well part of it, this project, especially with how successful the video game has been as well, right? 
Oh, yeah, you know, it is one of those things where the fan base for something like this is so huge all over the world, and they get the American versions even in other countries. I was just, I had an email last night from uh, Norway, and uh, they were saying that he loves the translation of the American voices, and, and so people are very fanatical about it, but I think also we need some great, you know, just good family entertainment <laughs> you can take your kids to and feel safe about it. There's great comedy in this. We've got Paul Giamatti in it, Sylvester Stallone, John Goodman, uh, along with all of us voice actors. So it's a great melding of voice actors and celebrities working working together to make a family yeah. film for all. Together. <laughs> exactly. So, David, tell us about your character, or your ratchet, right, David? I'll just make sure I didn't have this uh, mixed up. It's like Batman and Robin in certain ways, right, David? Your ratchet. <laughs> well, I'm, right? I'm Clank. I'm oh, Clank, a little Clank. robot. And, and James is the is is the Lombax, and uh, and and Clank. Uh, he I mean, he was supposed to be a a bad robot, bad bad robot, <laughs> uh, but he turned out to be a good one and wanted to save the galaxy. And this unlikely duo uh, teams up and uh, takes us on quite a ride. Interesting, interesting. And so let's talk about Ratchet now, James. Your character. Tell us a little bit about that character. Well, as, as David mentions, he's a Lombax, which is kind of this cat-like character. Uh, he's got these big, you know, cat ears, and, and uh, the girls think he's cute, which is good. Uh, and uh, there's only one Lombax in the universe. Uh, of course, if folks that know the, the game, it's, there's this whole kind of history there. But the movie is uh, thankfully an origin story where it goes back in time and kind of tells the story of how Ratchet and Clank met, which is really cool for the fans to kind of relive that and for people that don't know it. Uh, they get to kind of uh, experience it all for the first time, so it's really cool. And the big thing, David, is again you're gonna you're gonna try to save the universe, right? And, and it's 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 fan friendly and uh, really fun, and you're trying to save the universe, right, David? Yes, but I couldn't do it without my good pal Ratchet at my side or on his back, as it were. Uh, but yes, uh, it's I mean we're you know we're we're trying to save the universe actually from the evil Paul Giamatti. Uh, who uh, does a wonderful job of the, one of the main the, the main characters? Um, uh, and it's 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 like I said, it's it's um, the game. The new game out now is 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 the game. Help me, James. Is a game based on the movie, based on the game. Based on the game, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, this this movie, uh, we sort of find out how it sort of all starts, and 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 that's what I love. For for me, it's like going back and revisiting the very first game we ever we ever worked on. We hadn't met each other for. For probably six games of the fourteen years, maybe over half, we uh, we we'd never met in in worked with each other in the studio. Yeah, and this was the first. That's that's great. And again, you guys have uh, done so many unbelievable voices in your bios, so fantastic with uh, different things that you've done in projects before. But this one's exciting. You said as, as you talked about David about the fans. There's so many fans of the video game that are, just can't wait. So the movie comes out again tomorrow, April 29th, that uh, they just, they've just been looking forward to seeing their characters live on the screen like they've lived playing that video game for so long, right, David? That's the, that's the, the yeah. excitement, I'm sure, in social media-wise and everything you're seeing. Yeah, I think, James, when, when, this, uh, when it was announced that we were actually involved with the film uh, and, and uh, Twitter blew up, right? That's the first time Twitter's ever blown up with anything me around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But the fact that we're doing, uh, uh, we were still involved, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think it was really cool. And, you know, people do appreciate our voices from other things. Of course, you know, uh, David has done tremendous work on Avengers Assemble as Jarvis. He's been involved in Transformers, G.I. Joe, all these great things. And I've been in uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. I was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I've been the voice of Fred Flintstone, and uh, Johnny Test, and a bunch of other things. And so we, we live in our little padded rooms talking to ourselves, doing voices and doing uh, celebrity impressions and things whenever they're needed. And uh, we love doing this stuff, so it's a lot of fun. And David, any of the other cast that we have not mentioned that you want to mention uh, that are that are doing some of the voices of this movie? Yeah, we've had, we have a great uh, great cast. Um, uh, Jim Ward, uh, every time he opens his mouth to speak, I I, I, I laugh. Uh, he plays, of course, the famous Captain Quark. We all do our Captain Quarks. Uh, you know, that's, uh, he's just brilliant. <laughs> Armin Shimmerman. Uh, we remember Armin? He, he, I remember him from Star Trek. Uh, uh, next gen, or was it no Star, uh, Deep Space Nine? He was the yeah. he was the Ferengi, right? And he actually played a character named Quark. And so uh, Jim Ward always gives Armin a bad time about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. So he's in that, and, and with some great performances, John Goodman. Uh, I have a uh, a very wonderful scene with the beautiful and talented Rosario Dawson. Um, <laughs> her and I, uh, her and I really had this with chemistry on screen. I thought, I thought we had chemistry. <laughs> uh, and uh, Paul Giamatti, of course, is in there with it. Sylvester Stallone's joined us. Uh, Bella Thorne. Um, who, uh, 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 who am I missing? I'm missing uh, some more uh, names. Oh gosh, we we've got uh, there's yeah there are so many uh, different folks that are in it. We've got Ian Ian James Corlett, who is uh, of course also played my dad in Johnny Test. Uh, we've got uh, some wonderful talent uh, that's throughout this whole thing. Vincent Tong plays Brax, and uh, so there's a lot of great voices in it. Everyone's gonna be excited again. April 29th, Ratchet and Clank in all theaters. Check out your local theaters for it. And uh, David, now you guys are talking about Twitter. I love it, and I'm sure you got you were not on it, but now on it like crazy. Best places we can like follow YouTube, especially tweeting out about the film and everything like that. Where can we go to find info on both of you? First, David. Uh, well, you can go to my website, and it'll take you there to davidk.com. Uh, Twitter is a dkvo, d-k-a-y-e, d-k-v-o. Uh, and that's uh, there's, there's updates happening there all the time. And for, for the movie, it's at uh, what is it, James, or at Ratchet? Movie? Yeah, at Ratchet Movie. And uh, this is James. You can follow me on James Arnold Taylor. So JamesArnoldTaylor.com or on Twitter and all of the things. It's at J A T Actor A C T O R Jat Actor. And uh, yeah, please uh, do. We, it's us on there when we actually are looking at Twitter and and we respond. It's it's David and I there. So that's the best way to con connect with us well best of luck with the movie guys thanks for calling and uh i love all the impersonations it's fantastic and then definitely going to take my kids to see the movie so thanks for calling thanks right, so much thank man so much. appreciate it take care okay bye-bye you listen to the total right, celebrity show and we'll be back hi everyone and welcome to the total celebrity show you can check me out on twitter at total tutor and i think we do have our guest online i'm excited to welcome the program space astronaut commander Terry Burt. Terry, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hey, Neil, good to talk to you. I'm doing great. Oh, fantastic. And I tell you what, I just watched uh, the trailer for A Beautiful Planet on IMAX, which is releasing on Friday, April 29th, and it is spectacular. It really is amazing. I'm looking forward to taking my daughter to this. And what did you think when you looked at the screening of that and stuff? You were pretty impressed, weren't you? It, it was awesome. It was so much fun uh, getting the chance to film it in space. And um, when I finally saw it, I, I had seen rough cuts, and of course I had to narrate a lot of it, but I didn't see the actual film until the world premiere last week in New York, and it was just awesome. The direct, the filmmaker, Tony Myers, I think, did a great job. She's made a, all the space IMAX movies, so if you've ever seen one ever since the 80s, Tony is the person who made it, and she says this is her last one, and I, I think she saved the best for last. Oh, she, she uh, I, I think that she did as well. So, Terry, I didn't know it. Uh, so tell me specifically the background of how you've been involved in this whole uh, filming of this and stuff. Tell us about that, Terry. So I was on a 200-day mission to the space station, and um, IMAX approached NASA a few years ago and said they wanted to make this movie and it just happened to be during my mission and which is great because i i mean i love cameras and that kind of thing was is really an interest of mine so it worked out really well for me and um we would do a lot of training beforehand with james nyhouse our director of photography and tony myers uh the, and a former astronaut marsha ivins who filmed several of the other imax uh, movie. So they would come teach us how to be a cinematographer. So I kind of went from amateur photographer to having to learn how to use this Hollywood equipment and sound oh, wow. and lighting. Yeah, so it was that was fun, you know, learning how to make a Hollywood movie. And we didn't really have time scheduled for it, so we kind of had to film the whole thing in our spare time, um, which was fun. Interesting. And, and again, the other part of this whole mix is it, it was international mission. So who else was on the, when you were filming that you were working with at that time? It uh, was. So, or, yeah. Yeah. We had a crew um, of American astronauts, Russian cosmonauts. Um, I flew with Samantha Cristoforetti, who's an Italian astronaut. And uh, and then after we left, a Japanese astronaut, Kamiya Yui, came up. So it was a very international crew. And I think you get a sense of that from the movie you can hear 
uh, from everybody speaking different languages, which is kind of fun. And, and that's the great thing is that this is global. And we, it really is global when you're in space and you're seeing it in space. And to ha- involve different people in different languages to show how beautiful our planet is. It's just, it's, it must be amazing to be part of this project. And I, I like I said, I, when I got the uh, press release, and it's, I'm having you on the show, I'm going to surprise my daughter, and she luckily doesn't listen to all my radio interviews. I'm going to surprise my daughter for her birthday and take a couple of her friends to the IMAX to see this. Because, well, that uh, I mean... Is, that's a good dad. Yeah, because she's so into science. I tell you, she she, she wants, definitely wants to be a scientist someday. I don't know what she's doing. I, I'm a former school teacher at a tutoring consulting company, and I said, wow, you know, and, and she will just be blown away because she's so into space and so into this stuff, and... Yeah, when I saw it, I said, what a great thing. And I, everyone, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're excited about all the school tours that will see this and everything, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's 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 an amazing tool. You know, I, I like Twitter. I, I did a lot of Twitter and Instagram with my Astro Terry account and uh, lots of just amazing pictures from space on that. But that's kind of like... I equate that to a cookie. I mean, that's that's a nice thing, but an IMAX movie is kind of like a full-course dinner where you can really sit there and take the experience in on the big screen and, and see this amazing footage, and um, she's going to love it. When We did a premiere at the National Air and Space Museum this weekend, and uh, the director there told us that a million people will see that movie at the Air and Space Museum alone, You know, much less all the other theaters all around the world. So... It's kind of exciting. It's a really great way to share the experience of living in space and also the view of and our beautiful planet that you get um, from space. So it's, exactly. it's, it's exciting. How are you able to get the view? That's a good, quick question I have for you specifically, again, how are you able to get these amazing shots and stuff? I know it's, again, new technology yeah, so, that allows you to have that. Right. So in, in the past, these other IMAX films were filmed with um, – wet film that was specifically made for daylight exposure. So previous movies only had daylight views of the Earth. Um, This movie, we use digital cameras, um, a Canon video camera, and also a still camera. And uh, because they're digital, you could adjust the ISO, what's called ISO, which allows you to take night pictures or day pictures. So there's footage of lightning at nighttime, of aurora, of city lights at night that are just <laughs> amazing, and they, we've never shown those before in an IMAX movie. Um, I was also able to bring out a GoPro, this little mini oh, yeah. HD cam, you know, camera outside with me on my spacewalks. And so there's spacewalk footage that you've never seen before. And the digital technology, um, although film is great and is a purist, I, I like film, but the digital allowed us to do things that had never been done before. And we're going to see different things than we've ever seen in, in, in IMAX because of being from space, seeing our planet, right? Amazing views and look and say, really, this is what our, our whole globe looks like, right? The whole world. Yeah, planet, it is. This is what it looks like, yeah. It is, and it's, it's, you know, it's an amazing view of the planet. And um, a big part of it is just how amazing it is looking down on creation. It's It's just kind of a surreal experience, but... And and then part of the movie is is about the environment and the challenges and um, unfortunately you can see some negative impacts that we've had. Uh, the ones that stand out to me were Madagascar, which is uh, you know the oh, African country oh. where the rainforest is, or has just been cut down, and you can see this big red mess of clay running off into the ocean. You can see in the Amazon, you can see you know hundreds of miles of just these squares right in the middle of the forest where they've kind of. Um, cut down the forest to farm. Um, Beijing and, and eastern China were, was actually, oh, I tried to get pictures and I never could because it was always smoggy there. So you can, you know, visually perceive the pollution there in that in that part of uh, the world. So there were some, you know, it's an amazingly beautiful planet and it's just awesome in a lot of ways. But there's there are some impacts that you can see that humans have also. All right, so they have to go to, you can go to, abeautifulplanet.com, imax.com, to go ahead and buy tickets right now for April 29th. It is in select theaters. Check that out. And we can follow you. You said on Twitter where? Where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Astro Terry. And uh, 
if you want to see my space pictures, look back and uh, till last year. There's lots of them there, and um, I think I'm going to start putting out some. I, I took almost half a million still photos, so I need to start going through them and maybe reposting Fantastic. some of the ones that I haven't posted before. All right, Terry, gotta let you go. You're, you continue this uh, in, an amazing uh, adventure, and thanks for calling, and best of luck. Thanks, Neil. Take care. All right, you're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity hey, Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, and also on Periscope at Total Tutor. I'm excited to welcome the program, if I know, um, celebrity Michael Weston, star of Houdini and Doyle on Fox, which premieres on May 2nd. Michael, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hey, man. Pleasure to be here. How you doing? Fantastic, Michael. I tell you, it's kind of a theme-based thing. I uh, was uh, did a radio tour with the Illusionists and went to see the show on Saturday and saw how they really honored Harry Houdini and talked about the amazing things that he was able to do in escaping. And you play that yes. character now. So tell me uh, specifically yeah, when man. you heard that you were going to be Harry Houdini, how cool was that to be offered a part like that? Well, oh, man, it is. It really was uh, the sort of coolest thing in my career. I, uh, I I have such admiration for this guy, and and he holds such a special uh, place. I think in our hearts, as I don't know, as like Americans, like he's this sort of amazing guy who came to the country with nothing and pulled himself up by his bootstraps and sort of actualized the the American dream before we even sort of knew what that was. And and then, uh, and then he lives. There, his house is his actual house is right up the street from me. So I've driven by it for years, and uh, it's it's an amazing thing, man. It was uh, it was a real privilege, and uh, and so much fun. Well, I, I definitely, and uh, I was uh, going ahead and uh, checking out specifically the the, the character of uh, the other the other character Doyle as well, and this is just an unbelievable story. Uh, for sure. To think about yeah. Harry Houdini and then learning, I've just learned about Doyle just reading about him now, and the writer and the escape artist together solving mysteries. I mean, uh, this, is, yeah. this is definitely Please. what I'm going to add to my list for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, the show's based on, on a real-life friendship between the two guys. Um, wow. Which was, you know, sort of famous... Uh, you know, here was here was this magician and conjurer escape artist Harry Houdini, and he was a he was a total skeptic about the supernatural and the afterlife, and and he became friends uh, with Arthur Conan Doyle, who was the scientist scholar behind sort of early forensics at Scotland Yard, and and that guy believed in ghosts, and and they had a famous sort of falling out over uh, over their disagreement over the the supernatural where. Houdini said it's impossible, and, and he was sort of befuddled that that uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, this guy that he admired and is, is so so intelligent, could 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 fall for it. Um, and so that's the the premise of the show. And so these guys, you know, we sort of duke it out on a weekly on a weekly basis as we solve crimes at turn of the century England. It really actually couldn't have been more fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and when you think about the the Doyle being the intellectual and Harry Houdini. Was he a very intelligent person as well? I mean, he was crazy, meaning crazy, like brilliant and talented. Yeah, I mean, yet, the yeah. thing is, he came he came from total poverty, man, and he and he educated himself and worked himself. You know, he he in the end of his life, I think he had this huge collection of books because he he was so well read, and and he made it his his job to sort of you know elevate himself through education and and even his. Um, you know, his tricks and his escapes and all that, he, he, he worked so hard. He was so meticulous in, in his, his work ethic um, that he was, I mean, he was incredibly intelligent and, and he even understood the sort of psychology of an audience in a way that I don't know if many people, any performers really do. And, you know, I think the the very few and far between that really uh, can develop a trick and an escape, and play it out, you know, it's, he's like a great, you know, a great writer himself because he sort of is, is figuring out the, how to heighten every, every dramatic moment in order to keep the, the audience on the edge of the seats. 
and, and he would then, you know, throw himself into it fearlessly and, yeah. uh, and again and again and sort of, you know, up the ante with the next escape. And that to me was sort yep. of the most amazing thing about this guy, you know. And did Doyle have a good influence on Houdini's and uh, learning, becoming more of an intellectual, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know in the real life thing. I think in the in the series, he definitely does. I sort of, I come off as a sort of crass American um, who's, you know, sort of bursts into the room, the sort of civil, uh, you know, UK uh, period right. drama. Um, and uh, and I, it was really fun. I, I think that, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, he, I, he, he was a closet uh, Arthur Conan Doyle fan. And, uh, and, and he probably did have, you know, all of his works and, and had read, you know, every piece of uh, literature that he put out there. So, you know, to that, to that extent. And I think that they sort of, you know, their, their, their rivalry sort of kept them at odds with each other and, and, you know, and kept them both sort of on their toes. So what, what last thing this to talk about with this michael was basically judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.